Why, hello and welcome to another pig edition to Late Night Cruising. I am your star, your host, Brian underscore Thick Bear, and with me, my co-star, Rick Easley. Rick, I'm just the, I'm, Dick Easley. I'm just the, I'm just the prop. I'm just the. I'm just uh, the we're co- co-star means we're both the stars. I'm just, I'm just the loud, obnoxious one. We are coming to you today live, me from Wilton Manors, Fort Lauderdale, the land where no one has sex. And well, me from New York anyway. City, Uptown Harlem. New York City. And again, you can find, before we go into our amazing, disgusting pig edition, you can find edition. us on LateNightCruising.com, Late Night Cruising on Twitter, Late Night Cruising Instagram. And if you're looking for someone weird with foreskin, Brian and Square Thick Bear. If you're looking for a big dick verse top, Rick Big Dick Easley. <laughs> well, you just just for the, uh, our listeners, our Twitter account is not suitable for um, work. So bear in mind, do not go on NSFW, there. NSFW, not. <laughs> yes. What, I, what, what is what, NSFW? What does it stand for? It's, it's not, not suitable for work. That's it. Um, and also, of course, our top subverse line, which is all different disgusting pig shirts that Rich and I uh, think are essential in the gay lifestyle. You and know what's so funny? Before we talk about our podcast, NSFW, I love that statement and how that kind of took over a little bit. But it, it's, it's just it's so weird because it's like. You could still a child could still find a way to look at NSFW, so it's like I, I, I never really got the whole point of it. So I'm like, like you know, I, first of all, like when I'm on Reddit, well, for example, Reddit, all my pictures I put NSFW because I have to. Even the ones just me in the jock straps. I'm like, oh Jesus. But I wish you know what? Actually, I'm taking back. I wish that Instagram and Facebook had that option because I've seen some things on TikTok and Instagram where people can label it like you know. Uh, you know, viewer discretion. I'm like, hi, why can't my entire profile be that? So I'm not uh, blocked five million times. Richard? Oh, what happened? <laughs> Did you just fucking zone out? And anyway, we won't even talk about that again because he just missed everything Listen. I said. Listen, but, um, I, I, I was letting you have your moment because I was going to start out by asking you how your week was, but clearly... You got other things to talk about. <laughs> you fucking talked to you. You brought up NSFW. Oh, she's cunty today. She's cunty today, That's... honey. <laughs> um, my week was uh, disgusting in a um, disgusting way. Uh, I, you know, honestly, I did not. Uh, you know what? Actually, something good did happen. I did have a furball happened at Eagle here in Wilton Manors where I presently, presently work. <laughs> um, I say that loosely. And uh, Furball, I love Furball. I love Joe uh, Fieri. I, I, fuck, I'm saying his last name wrong because I'm such a spaz. Joe, who runs Furball. I love him, love yeah, him. Yeah, Fieri. Fieri. I, Scott, so I did kind of not butcher his name. Uh, love Furball. They hosted it. So that was something fun. Uh, other than that, just the rest of my week was, uh, you know, everything. I, it's so funny, like we were talking about on our last podcast. Just another week of trying to learn how homosexuals in other uh, places really? in the world are. And when I say the world, I, I, even New York, it's really me. 
Baby, I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with me. When I'm looking for sex, I'm looking for sex now. Like, I want it now. I just don't <laughs> want to talk to you. I don't want to meet in three hours. I want to meet now. Like, you know, I just literally was jerking off my couch right before we started this podcast with my, with my door open, naked, and I was messaging these guys. I'm not calling myself ugly. I'm not complaining. It was really a self-realization. I'm like, God damn it. I just want to find one man that wants to come over now. Like, you know, because I'm going to say it. I've had many times in my life that I was not looking now. And unless it was like an emergency, like I was like, I don't know, in the middle of our podcast or working, there's been many times in my life that I've been lucky and blessed that I found a man who was like, I'm hard with my cock out right now, you know, come over. And I've literally stopped doing my poor fish tanks and been like, I love you all. Not, Don't make it for an hour. Not even, not even on Sniffies? Oh, my God. I want Sniffies 24 7 all the time. You know, my, well, my thing is, Ricardo, um, I'm always on Grinder, Scruff, Recon, Sniffies, Growler, because my main thing is, I've, ugh, I hate saying this, it's very negative. In a way, I've hopelessly given up on finding uh, love or sex with men. So I, I keep them on because my hope is that they all, all of them have my Twitter. So hopefully all the men that like every gay man, you know, the only men who hit on me are the men I don't want, those men will go see my Twitter, I gain more followers. Or also I'm gonna say very positively, my goal is that a man that I do think is attractive will go on my Twitter, see the dirty, disgusting pig that I am, and be like, oh my God, here's my address, come over right now. Which I'm not gonna lie, does help me, because I have had a few men I find attractive who are like, I just saw your Twitter is so hot. I'm like, please, Jesus, thank you. Uh, but Sniffies, I'm on Sniffies quite a lot. And uh, Sniffies, you know, it's hard, because as much as I love Sniffies, it only lets you see uh, messages if you're physically on, since it is online and not a uh, app-based phone thing so it sucks because like i'll go back on snippies and like the man of my dreams which actually just happens beautiful man big di- got beautiful wants to play but i'm like well i got the message 45 minutes after he texts me because you know after 20 minutes on snippies i'm like well let's you know on with our day I'm, you know i'm not gonna fucking sit there staring at snippies for a fucking you know an hour straight so that's what kind of sucks about it but snippies like i said it's it's, it's, it's a southern thing and in different places in the world thing, people in different locations are different. And it's, it's I, again, I, I don't know if it's down south, gay USA. Like we so so you're about. saying it's the culture, it's the culture difference. With... A culture thing. Men are just not okay with actually meeting now. I, you know, that really was, I'm going to say it's a New York City thing, maybe a Vegas thing, maybe a, uh, maybe it's a... New Orleans thing. But it's more of that, like, city, city, like, people looking, like, right now they want to hook up. But, you know, Fort Lauderdale is very, like, P-Town, I'm going to say. Which, for our viewers, they don't know, P-Town is another gay destination. A lot of the men who are here on vacation... Where is... It's like P-Town. P-Town is there. P-Town is in Massachusetts, next to Boston. Yes. But they're, they're in a... They're in a cluster. Like, it's very planned vacations here. So a lot of the gay men who come to Fort Lauderdale, they're in a group of 20 men. They're in a group of 10 men. You know, they have dinner. They have plans. You know, every second is booked. There's just no time for sporadic sex. And uh, I'm also going to say this, too. Even the locals, which, you know, listen, God bless them. I don't know what it is about. Maybe, whatever. I'm, I'm not blaming them for big growth in my world. I'm blaming myself. 
But even the men who are locals who have shown interest in me, they're very, they're very set planned lives. Like, you know, like I had a man tonight, I was messaging, he's like, I have dinner with my friend. Like every day, like it's like, bro, you live here. It's like, it, basically the locals here at down, it's like they're on vacation too. Because when they're not working, their lives are very Stepford wife planned. Like they have an agenda, this is what they do, this, you know, there's, there's, you know, and again, I'm going to say this too. That's, it's it's the American culture because yes. what you're saying also reflects what happened yes. with me in Indiana. And that's what turned me off on living there. Like that they're set all, life. They're older and... gay men as well. And the younger ones have been trained by them. They're not as sexual as someone like, like I said, I always say it's a blessing and a curse. It's a blessing and a curse, my cock. Because you know what? I have masturbated plentifully already three times today. And I only haven't done a fourth because we've been doing our meeting before the podcast and I had to stop. But like, I, I come a lot and I enjoy coming. I enjoy sex. I enjoy excitement. And, uh, like I said, I'm waiting just for the tourists to really start brewing through because, like, I think that's my hope. But the thing is, and this is where I'm... I, like, well, you we got a lot of events in Florida coming up, like, back-to-back. Back. Yes, there's a lot of things coming. But I worry because the thing is this. This is our culture. It's not Southerners. It's not uh, gay. It's not gay America. It's our culture. The thing is, what I'm scared about with them coming into town, these tourists, is that... They really, gay men have changed, and we've talked about shame and slut shame and the things we were talking about before. You know, these men coming in, even when they want to play, you don't meet up with them. Like, you know, like, like even New York, we used to have this problem a lot. These men are like, oh, you're so hot. Oh, I want to be with you. And when I say, I'm talking about not myself, others as well. But then the thing is, every second of their week is planned, and we never meet up. So it's like, bro, are you just on your scruff, sniffies? because your buddies are in the shower right now and you're waiting to go inside. Like we've come to that part of life where men used to be so proud to have sex. And so not only proud, but wanting to have sex. You know, so my thing is, even with the tourists coming into town, I'm praying for my penis and libido that right. I will get some men who actually want to meet up and hook up. And for the most part, you know, this is our culture. You know, unless, like, you know, even the few times I've had very good sex here, it was always, they went to, for example, Ramrod or the Eagle, or they had plans and <clears throat> they didn't meet someone. Or even, like, again, I can't speak for New York because New York's amazing with this, but in New York, it was very rare. I went to a sex party or something and I left with blue balls. Here, I'm going to say, as much as I, I, you know, I don't go enough because, you know, they're expensive and right now uh, a bitch is broke. The Eagle is not good money. FYI, uh, <laughs> as we were talking about. So I can't really be dropping 20 bucks here and there for a waste, but things like going to a glory hole. It's not like New York where, all right, if you stick around for about 20, 30 minutes, someone hopefully will come. Even with our culture changing to where glory holes, even in New York, weren't what they used to be. Like there are many nights I've been to glory holes in New York and be like, oh God, I'm here for an hour. I haven't seen one guy that I find any kind of hot or whatever. Uh, here, basically, realistically, going to one of these glory holes, there's going to be three men there in their 70s, I'm lucky. And when I say 70s, you know, the, the, what I mean about our culture changing is, like we've talked about a million times, I, no matter how beautiful people think I am, or in some eyes, or if I woke up tomorrow, six foot four, 12 inch dick, blue eyes, you know, blonde hair, I love glory holes. I love sex parties. You know, like, and I always say, like, whenever I meet these men that are in the eye of the of the majority, are that cliche hot. 
Yes, it's not about desperation. I think our society, again, back to slut shaming, we put that sex parties are for desperate. Sex parties are for you know men who are ugly or can't get anyone. No, because I'm going to tell you right now, someone who goes to them, there are men who are like goddamn models sometimes that I see at sex parties from New York to even Fort Lauderdale. Men like it. But the thing is, though, this is where it's hurting us, is that because they constantly hear it, so many men are thinking that they're above it. And it's like, bro, you're, you're going for the wrong reasons. But, uh, but yeah, so this actually also twines us into our big conversation of today, sex parties and, you know, men, how they are. What is on December 1st, Ricardo? World A Day. <clears throat> but how, how was my weekend? Oh, thanks for asking, Brian. So. Uh, how, I'm sorry. Rick, how many, okay, hold on, let's restart again. Rick. Tell me about your week. How many men did you have sex with on a subway? And what amazing sex stories do you have to tell me other than me just masturbating by myself and crying? Well, I've, <laughs> I've, been, a, I've been a sex virgin. I haven't, I've been steady working and reading my book, which I got advanced copy of, um, Damn Shame by David, David Pevsner. And um, it talks about up. gay shaming. Brian, you'll get your copy on the way. The book comes out January 11th, 2022. Um, we're going to have some more surprises in the new year. Um, and he also has a um, one-man show called <sighs> Musical Comedy Stud, which is uh, for streaming, and Musical Comedy Whore, which is for DVD. And it's a one-man show. And... Um, I haven't checked it out yet, but I'll watch and give reviews. You know, I can't read. I, you know, I, I want to try to get the audio of it, but I actually would love. I am a listener. I like to listen to things. Uh, I want to. I want to go look at a show. I'm gonna look at check out a show. I'm not joking. Like I might do that tonight if I don't go to the casino. But you would since you were in um, theater. I think you would enjoy it too because he talks about show tunes, being in the theater on Broadway, off Broadway. Um, I love him already. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he he's lived a colorful life. It is so dope because he really chronicled, chronicled in a chronological order his his transition from being gay shamed as a kid to being shameless as an adult, as a man. And it's it's so dope and he has a lot of great stories and a lot of some good life lessons. But I don't want to spoil too much of it because, you know, we got some more prizes. We're going to have to talk more about that in later podcasts. Um, what else? Um, I, you know, I, you know, I'm a gamer, so I got to play some cool um, PS5 games. I play this game called Control. I watched Dragula, which is the um, monster version of Drag Race. I don't want to say Drag Race, but like a drag queen. But it's so dope and artsy how they get into costume and set. It's slight, it's still catty, but at the same time, it's more about the looks and the performance. So that was pretty dope. I watched that with Chris, of course, my roommate, Chris Avalon, who's been on our podcast before. Um, but yeah, the book, the one thing I really want to emphasize was the um, damn shame. The book that's coming out is really, really good. And um it's a great read. It's going to be part of our piggy books. Because the reason why I say I announced, I, I, that's another reason why I'm bringing it up. Piggy books is my new series, like piggyback, piggy book. 
um, where I'm going to talk about recommend gay cruising books. So that was that was what I'm segue into. Uh, I love into. it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it because you know what the thing is. I want to get more of them on audio, but the whole time you're talking about uh, what's his name, um, David. And I've said this because I, I have a few books, like, you know, I, I you know, have what uh, cruising, uh, I'm sorry, sex, great sex in the 70s did for my life. I really do love the men. And when I say men, I'm going to say it. Me and uh, Rick Easley over here, we are those men. And we should fucking write a book because you know what it is? Men, our culture is not proud anymore. And that's what all these cruisy piggy books, these men who write, the thing is, they're, they're looked at like we're fictional characters when it's so sad, but no, we're just real men who are proud and not ashamed of, you know. And we're not, we're not inventing the wheel. We're, we're not claiming that we are. We want to emphasize and show that what we've done, men have done years past, decades past, even yes. centuries past. And it's just a part of our culture and it's not something to look down to or try to er erase because well, you, know, so you feel like it doesn't. Huh? You, when you said that, it really stuck out. Tom of Finland. Yeah. Tom of Finland, it's like we're going backwards. They always talk about how the generations in the world, everything goes backwards. Like, think about fashion. Like, you know, bell bottoms were a thing and they go away and they come back. It's the same thing with cruising and how the gay culture is. I, it's so funny because the Tom of Finland documentary, which I know we talked about because I saw it, I remember twice. I loved it. I need to fucking buy it. I was obsessed with it. It is Tom Finland's blunt documentary of how he started drawing and everything he did. You talking about the film or is there a documentary? I just want to. It's a film. It's, it is a film. Okay. But it's, it, there is, there's, listen, there, there's documentaries on Tom Finland, but I'm talking about the film of Tom Finland, which it, it was based off of a true. It's basically, I think. Uh, it was all the stories from that he had documented from before he died and, uh, you know, friends. But Tom of Finland, it was just fucking that goddamn that movie. Because the thing is, it was so amazing because not as a show what we did and how we fought, but it was so sad. And I remember I said this when I, we talked about this, because this had to be about three years ago when it came out. We're back in that spot again. It's not that we're... Like, Tom of Finland cruising was a secret because they would kill you. Literally, police would kill you. You know, this was like the era of... Oh, like, well, the opening know, scene was um, them cruising in a park. Am I right? Yeah, but also is the, the police... For that police had a... Because it was, it was based in... Uh, this, these were... Because he was in the wars, his war stories, and uh, that, that's how all of it erupted, was that he's going through the world of when gay men literally, their gay porn was illegal. There was no gay porn. So Tom of Finland was one of the first people to make gay porn through drawings. And Tom of Finland was also a very sex-positive, sexually free man, but it was secretive sex-positive, expecting you'd be killed. But these men, the thing is, that's how we're like now, because it's so funny, but I was thinking about this before, like, for example, myself, me being a pig. If I really want to bust a nut, I have to stop going on the apps. I just got to go to Club Fort Lauderdale. I got to go to a, a sex a sex club or some kind of. I've been looking on Snippies. Like I got to go to a glory hole. I got to look for a woods. It's so sad. I think Brian so should. I I think Brian should host the communion in Fort Lauderdale, Miami. That's why I'm thinking. What? I I'm gonna contact. I would love to do that when one of the venues. I think that'd be great. 
but the but, but the point of Tom Finlan with that though is that how funny is it? That's the I'm living. I say I. So many men here. We're living the lives of the men of the Tom of Finland days because people are so not sex positive, sexually free that the only way to have sex now is you have to go and fucking go in the dark in the woods for other men. That way, no one sees them because they're hiding from themselves. They're hiding from other gay it's men. It's the shame. It's the gay shame. Yes, and we we're it... back back in the day. They were hiding from the police and straight men trying to kill them. Now we're hiding from our own people judging us. I've talked about this all my years and all the days we talk about the cock. How many men? Oh, yeah. Oh, the cock. That place is dirty. Good night, Tommy. Good night, Johnny. Taxi door closes. Uh, can you take me to Second Avenue between uh, uh, the cock and the East Village? Second Avenue. Because you're hiding from your own self. And that's so funny about these pig stories and pig books. And why I feel like so many men need to read them, but not only... I just wish the gay men culture themselves, because it's not just the men who are sexually positive and sexually free. It's all these fucking homosexuals. You know, I'm going to say, I'm going to say fags. I'm going to say fags. I hate that. Call fags. <laughs> the faggots who ruin our lives, when I say ruin our lives, I'm not saying you have to be, but the ones who slut shame, the ones who, you know, put it down. It's like, you know what? Learn why we're sexually free and sexually. It's like we were talking about last podcast. It's not that we're promiscuous or sluts. It's because, guess what, you bunch of fucking Hell's Kitchen queens or in here Wilton Manor's, Wilton Manor queens who are out at dinner. You know what? Maybe you're content with jerking off your little fucking dicks by yourselves every night. But you know what? Some of us would like to have sex. When I say that, it's because, you know what? I'm not going to find a man at the casino tonight. There might be other gay men at the Hard Rock Casino. We are a sexual minority. We are a minority. When I'm walking through Hard Rock Casino tonight in Hollywood, maybe there might be four of the homosexuals in the entire casino out of thousands. We are a minority. That's why it's not promiscuous. It's we're sexually free because when we are around a big group of gay men, that's what we want to do. Same thing with these apps. The, the, it's not about being We're sexual sluts. opportunists. Yes. When you run these apps... We don't see, like, not for everybody, it's true. Even in New York City, as much as, yes, there's so many of us on there, still, when you think about it, on that block that I lived on, 52nd and 9th, there were thousands of men and women. I think on my block, on my scruff, maybe there was 20 scruff, you know, 20 grinders, you know, like on a given night. So when you really think about it, as much as we're saying, oh, well, you're in New York even in New York City on one block, there's only, what, 20, 40 gay men? On you know, in between 52nd and 53rd, and, and, and don't forget too. On top of that, you're limited based on your income. As far as do you yes. have the do you have the upgrade? Can you see more men? You know, in a further radius. So it's like you people don't talk about that that wage gap that that's in the gay community. And you know, what, I love that you just brought that up because that's something that's so funny too. Is that you know, people forget about this with straight people. And again, I'm not trying to, you know, straight bash, but, you know, I always love a good heterophobic uh, conversation. <laughs> straight people, when they go on all these apps, yes, they have the free and the paid. But again, there's enough straight people that they can see thousands of profiles on Tinder or Match.com or this or that. For Whereas free. Days, you know, when we have these free accounts, after 10 scrolls, the next homosexual is 10 miles away. 
Well, then, too, yeah. you also have to pay for it, too. So it's not like it's like, oh, like, no. Match.com can get sponsors to advertisers so that their customers can watch, can see all these things for free, as opposed to us who won't have any advertisers or sponsors. We have to settle for either seeing what our, our, our money will get us. After that, we have to pay more. So there's that. It's, it's definitely something, and, you know, that that you hit on the nail on the head with is that people do forget about that as well as that there's a lot of men out there that, you know, as much as we're all self-deprecating about ourselves, and when I say that, I I I, I really do mean, you know, a lot of us always think it's just you. Trust me, I talk to so many gay men, and when I say gay men, you know, like between all the apps, you know, we all feel the same way with these things, but we forget about that it's a money thing too, because you know what? Maybe the man of your dreams, who you were about to have sex with, couldn't afford to have Scruff Pro. <laughs> and you know, you, you don't get that. That goes, that, goes, that goes for parties too. It, it, very, goes, you know, it's so funny because, we're talking about this. I love this because these are the things I feel like our listeners really, really like. Listen, and oh, this is what we love talking about. But you know, like I said it before about myself, you know. I don't make very good money here in Fort Lauderdale. It's not a secret. Uh, you know, this is the gay hierarchy of working in gay bars. Even though I'm in New York City, people loved me and I was a good thing and I had fun. Here in Eagle, they just don't care. I'm in the worst bar. I make no money. Da da da. I can't afford to go to Club Fort Lauderdale. I can't afford to risk, you know, twenty bucks just to walk in there and it be a Tuesday night and there's no one there. So I'm like, fuck. I mean, even though I'm going to go to the casino tonight because I just need to live, I just need to. I don't know. I just, my brain's a break. But the point is, I you know these parties are expensive, and if you're out in New York, even here in Florida, the nude the nude resorts. You know, I talk about it too. Like I love, I'm, I'm a nudist first, but this is also a very high cruisy spots. I can't afford to go to uh, Cabanas uh, here in Fort Lauderdale. There's Cabanas, there's Pineapple Point, there's uh, the Worthington. They're thirty five dollars. Oh yeah, I, I actually had that in the. I think I for the day. Heard about the those. thing with me is forget about. Uh, cruising and laying out naked, my thing is I'll end up going to Club Fort Lauderdale on a day. Because I do like to lay out naked. Like, my ass is very pale right now. I actually need to. I mean, it's, it's been a little colder here in Fort Lauderdale. It's only been in the 70s and the 80s. Give us a little white moon. Give us a little white moon. Yes. But the point is, though, is the point of that story with money and what you were saying is that, you know, it's not about, I, 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 I'm going to say it, why am I going to spend $35 when you know what? Yes, I do like going to Hollowover Beach, but Hollowover Beach is a 45-minute drive, but also I just got to pay for parking, where $35, it's just something different mentally when you don't have it. And the thing is, what about all those men that are there, and which I've met, I've met many men at the Eagle, rarely, that are like, oh my God, we like you, we're at the Worthington, oh my God, we would have so much fun hanging out with you all day, and I'm like, that sucks, because you know what, forget about how we all could have played whose dick is hitting my tonsils during the day, or forget we could have had a great time talking. Even the rare times I have gone to these places, I will say it's not just about the sex. There's something about the camaraderie of being around your own people. And I mean that because, you know, my last time I went to Cabanas, I spent $35. My friends were in town. I had the best day talking to all these men. Great time. They all actually saw me at the Eagle. The thing is, we got friendly because I was naked in the pool with them and we weren't having sex. We were just actually being with each other and hanging out you know where now when they came into the eagle we were friends but the point is if i didn't have gone because my friends are in town i had to go those men they wouldn't be mean to me they weren't mean to me but it would be like bud light you know what i'm saying so the things we forget about that too that in the gay community 
it's also this big hierarchy of finances that you know we constantly are putting ourselves down or even me like when i judge about how game these gay men might, might not just be going out you know like I, and I said this before like you know i can only speak for here not only here a lot i a lot of places i know a lot of men have taken the i'm over and done with Baps. There are a lot of who are not on scruff anymore. They're not on grinder, the free or the paid for, because they're like, you know what? Like myself, I literally have sent the most beautiful dick picture of myself. Like I jerk off to myself. That's how it, it's on my Twitter. Everyone, Brian's with Thickbear. I'm not joking. My main picture, me and my. I'm sorry, my foreskin looks amazing. I look amazing. I just love it. Um, maybe the men that would have been into it are all out. Bitch, I can't afford to go out seven days every night I'm not working, you know what I'm saying? Like, or, or go out to dinners. The thing is, and I realize this too, as much as I bitch about, uh, you know, men, and when I, I'm saying this, I'm speaking for other people, not just myself. There are so many of us calling ourselves ugly or not wanted when the thing is, I really, other than going on the apps and working in a gay bar, I don't go out. I don't go to dinner. You know, I don't go to... I, I, the only gay functions I go to is the Eagle when I'm working or if I'm desperate and I pay the money for a sex bar club. I don't just, like, go out. Because that's the thing, too, is that in society, we don't have – a lot of gay men don't have gay friends, too. You know, like, think about all those men who are by themselves who are like, what am I going to do? You know, you, listen, you do it every once in a while, but, you know, what are you going to do? Go to, go to, you know, gay restaurants by yourself, you know? And trust me, I've looked. There are not a lot of single gay men groups. There are not a lot of, you know, because again, since we're a minority, all these things you see that you think are fun, like gay speed dating, you know, and uh, all of them, you find them, they happen like once a month, and when you go, there's four men there. And they're all, you know, attached to respirators, and they can barely talk. Oh my God, that is my type. Remember my type. I, if I don't hear a beep beep from a from a respirator attached and I don't want the date. Shit. You know, but it is true though. Money is a thing as well. Um, I think that's something that we all have to realize too is that it sucks because not only are, not only are we a minor, minority, but also even in our minority, you know, there's just not enough of us to go to every event. You know, and that's where you'll go to these things and no one's there, you know, or like we talk about. And that's what I mean about Scruff and Grinder even. We forget about how that we still are minorities. Even in New York City, when you go on the, that scruff, there's thousands on this block, and there's only you know three lines of squares, you know, for of homos. So it's something that like I love about the piggy books, and I love reading them because these piggy books, it's not only just a, a eye opener. Well, I, for I want to change it to piggyback books. I think like paperback or piggyback. I think you said. I think you said it's similar to that, and I'm like. Piggyback, I like that. Piggyback books. Um, like so we'll we'll have because I want our listeners to have more options as opposed to just going to parties. Like, I still have all these questions about cruising, so I want to find books that can give you that information that you really can't quote unquote get from us per se, or you just like to have that reference at home to read at on a personal level on your own time. Um, but. Like we said earlier, today is the prep edition of our podcast. So we're, today we're going to talk about health because, um, you know, we, we've talked about getting tested and, you know, prep. But I don't think we've really went through and discussed, like, what, like, what all entails when you do go sign up, what to expect. So I wanted to give you, like, a when I'm going to get tested, this is what happens. So um, first off, 
Um, I went through this project called Project Stay here in New York City, and I'm going to try to find more universal information for PrEP so that even if you don't live in New York, you can go to um, whatever city or state that you're in and get um, get on PrEP because a lot of it's like next to nothing. It's very like if it's free based on your income or you pay a small amount because of your health insurance. So um, without further ado, so in order to be on PrEP, there's a few things that have to be to happen. You have to get tested for um, HIV. You have to get blood drawn for um, your liver and blood drawn for your kidney. I think that's right. I think it's, I think it's three. Yeah. Well, it's, it's two. They take two vials. One vial is for the HIV test. Two is for your organs. Um, they test the reason why they're testing your organs is because based on the medication it could they want to see if it affects your kidney or organs or your kidney or your liver um, as well as you'll also be swabbing orally for any STDs in your mouth anally if you're a bottom um, or verse and then or top well if you if you I mean but if you, but unless you tell them that you you I mean I don't think you should lie. But if you're a top, chances are they probably won't have you swap there. Um, I feel like a lot of tops get their ass even while they're fucking. <laughs> no, I mean that's I true. But um, there's a lot of lonely nights here in Fort Lauderdale, so I I really watch a lot of porn nowadays. And also they take a urine sample. So those are three things. You get blood drawn. You get swabbed anally and orally, and you do a piss test. So those are the, the, the main components that you have to have when you're getting tested for PrEP. So once the results go out to the labs and comes back, that lets you know um, they, it's reactive and non-reactive. And so that's what, they're, um, that's what they um, explain to you. If you're, if they don't really say if you're negative or positive. Or they say you test positive. But if you like, if you have like the thing called MyChart, which is an app that collects all your test results and medical records, um, in the modern, like I think after like 2010, I want to say, or maybe 2020. I mean, I'm sorry, 2000. I'm not sure how long MyChart's been out, but it's a digital app that a lot of the hospitals here in New York use, and all your medical records are all in one place. So you can go through your test results and see what you've been tested for, what you got vaccinated, what you got, um, any immunization shots, anything like that. Um, your doctor will sit down, explain to you if you're test positive. You have to be HIV negative, be on the PrEP. If you test positive for HIV, it's a, another program, another information um, but PrEP is short for, because I'm getting ahead of myself, is pre-exposure prophylactic. And basically, say before you test positive, this is the pill you will take to prevent you from being that. Now, because you haven't been exposed to it. Um, PEP is the post-exposure uh, prophylactic, in case you feel like you've been exposed to someone who was positive or you think you might become positive. Within a short window of like I think forty-eight hours, I could I'm not don't quote me on that. 
But no, you can. I'm pretty sure it's for it's like it's like uh, Plan B for women. Yeah. And this and this. Uh, if you think you've been exposed to HIV, uh, but also is like for example, a lot of people. Uh, who all, the, the pill was really made for straight people. It sucks, but it's for women who have been raped. For example. Uh, Gay men, actually, yes, who have been raped. Uh, sometimes men who are drugged or get on drugs, who are on drugs, they'll have that moment when they wake up and they realize that um, someone's ripped open their hole. Many people have. So they have this the pet pill, and the pet pill is for a month straight. You have to take that, it. That I didn't know. Yeah, so when you take this pill, it's not just a, you know, you have 48 hours to take the pill, but within the 48 hours that you have to take the pill and get on it, I can't remember exactly how many is, but it, it goes over a span of, we, I could be wrong, maybe it's not a month. I think actually our good friend Mark was telling us, I think it might be shorter now, but still, it's like two weeks. It, it is long. It's not an overnight thing. And the side effects to PEP is, this is why also you only want to take it for an emergency. It is extreme diarrhea, uh, very, very intense nausea, um, but like Plan B, it's not a enjoyful pill. And so the thing is, uh, oh. you, you take it really for like emergency. Like for example, I had a friend once who was on very very heavy drugs. He was doing like I don't know meth. It was bad. But he like literally ended up waking up, realizing that he had like gang bangs with like hundreds of men one night, like literally. And that was a hi. I think I need pep. So he went and got that. But now I cannot remember if you take. I, I can't remember because he used to be on prep a lot, but I, I can't remember if it's like you do both or the other. But still, it is there and something. But also, what I want to piggyback on too with prep, prep does have side effects if you do not, uh, if you are forget about the liver because I was like like any drug, you know, prep has been out now for it's how many years? Prep's been um, out for 12, 2012 is when it it came like. It like, like two thousand fifteen. Yeah, two thousand fifteen is like when it went mainstream. I want to say. Yeah, and now and they they really worked out a lot of kinks because I remember when it first came out. Uh, for the gay men that are more in our age range, when it first came out, there were a lot of gay men with very bad side effects, hospitalization. I mean, again, they figured it out because it was medication. But the thing is, even with taking it, my friends, I'm not on prep, and I've been researched because I have to go on it because again, like we talked about doing porn. No one has sex with condoms anymore, so I don't have to fucking do it. Uh, prep is, uh, I hear at first you do get nausea, but like it, that only lasts for like a week or two, and then after that, like it's not as bad. I found that I, if you didn't eat and took the medication, that's what it caused that. Because I know I, there was one time I did get sick. I was rushing to an uh, interview, and I didn't put anything on the stomach. I was running, I was sweating, I was dehydrated, and I got sick on the way there because I did not have anything when, in my system. When you first started taking it? or No, just this was, out, it, it was one day that I, I just was in a rush to, it wasn't, it wasn't that I just started, but I did get sick because I didn't have anything in my system. I didn't eat, so I always recommend people make sure you have some food or something on your stomach. And that goes for any medication. They please try to have something solid in your system to, to balance it out. Um, but, 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 but I, I wanna, you said something about diarrhea. And I feel like I, I, I maybe this I'm just it's just me, but I didn't know that when you have a stool, when you have a bowel movement, you're getting rid of old blood. So it makes sense that 
that person like the pap was causing diarrhea because it's releasing all that all that blood out of your old blood out of your sister and putting new blood which will you know for, you know get rid of any bacteria or any virus or anything like that so that makes sense well the other thing about world aids day with prep and pep is also you know i i hate how i'm always one who brings back sex but it is true it's changed our culture with how we do have sex and how uh so many things happen with uh for example you know because now now it's a historical point in our culture there's post-prep and there's pre-prep and there's post-prep. And we've seen it a lot of our culture shift, especially in our porn. And also, I'm going to say this too. I, I, I know she, there are a lot of straight people do take prep as well. Because the thing is, prep, the thing is, prep is only against HIV. And I always remind people of this because as a person who does not take prep, because like I said, I'm not a power top, I'm not a power bottom, I'm not just, like, you know, other than my film porn. I film things, which I really don't fuck a lot on my OnlyFans, just fans. I, you know, I, I, that's not, but the thing is, it only protects you against HIV, and also it's just like the pill. There are people, very limited, very smaller cases, but there are people who get HIV who are on PrEP. Like, you can get, it's very, very rare. I, I think it's like, it's, it's just like the pill. It's like 98%, you well, know? They, they also, a lot of that contribute to people not taking it properly. And that's yes. another thing. That's the next part I want to bring up, is that once you... Once you get all the test back results and everything's negative and you don't have any STD, you cannot, you cannot be on PrEP until you get tested. And once you are on it, the next step is that you have to take the medication daily for, and have no sex for seven days. So um, you have to go consecutively seven days a week and not have sex. For the it's first just, week. It's just, it's just like it's just like the pill for a, for a woman in a way, you know. You can't you know you can't have sex the first day. But the thing is also when I say can't have sex, you can still have sex. You just have to use a condom until you know after a certain point. I mean, again, to be safe, they say, and, and the doc, the the medical professionals say that after you start taking prep, it's not really effective for two weeks. They say yeah. they say the first two weeks. They're like, still have sex with a condom. But my thing is, I'm going to say is, I'm going to be very honest. I'm only going on PrEP, and this is why I'm not on. I don't want to go on it. I'm only taking PrEP for the emergency emergencies that I can't wear a condom because I'm filming in a porn. I can't, you know, things like that. Because with me, I'm going to say, I don't want gonorrhea. I don't want syphilis. I don't want herpes. There's all the other STDs that you are still able to contract and I don't want those things. So my thing is, even once I take this, you know, it's so funny. I was saying this to a friend of mine. He was like, oh, and I'll be like everyone else. I'm like, no, I will not. Because when I'm at a sex party, I will still be only wearing a condom. The, the, I'm taking prep for one reason only. Because I need to have sex without condoms before filming things. But when it comes to anyone, unless you're my boyfriend or my lover, I'm sorry. But no, I don't want to have gonorrhea. Even though we get tested, we can get tested once a month if we'd like as well. I, I well, got that out. Well, They'll cover you once a month. It's not just every three months if you want to be. Well, I, but I, I, I'm glad you brought that up because people don't people assume that because you have unprotected sex or bareback that you automatically don't get it. And you have to have somebody who <laughs> is infected with it in order to receive it. And I don't think we talk about that enough because people think, oh, it's assumed because oh, well, you go to sex party, you're going to get it. And it's not necessarily true because it's based on being exposed to someone who is infected. 
And so the rise of the rise of the rise of STDs have gone up, but also the testing of gay men has risen tremendously. And but it's like you said it best. Why has the why have the numbers gone up? Because people are getting tested. It's kind of like I'm not trying to bring it to a democratic moment here, but it's like COVID. The numbers went up because all of a sudden we were able to start testing. But before that, the numbers were lower because no one was getting tested for it. You know, same thing with HIV, uh, all these STDs. I, I remember before before prep, I wasn't getting tested often, and I'm just like, wow, like you know, like. It was like, oh, uh, let me go after this party. Let me go after that party. But I wasn't getting tested regularly because in my head it was like a mental like anguish of like, what if I just did this one thing and now I have, you know, now I have HIV or what if I did that or, you know, maybe I think there's a moment that I forgot about. And now being on prep, I don't even think about it anymore. I don't even think about. I don't think about. I will say this: all the men who tell me they have STDs now, because like, for example, I was gonna film with a good bud, and he's like, "Oh, he's like, oh, I have gonorrhea right now." But the thing is, I'm gonna say it. We were laughing. Or I say laughing because he's on prep. That's how he knew. Because he said he's like, realistically, if it wasn't for prep, I wouldn't have known that I was on gonorrhea. Because again, you know, a lot of these STDs, and they always say this: a lot of STDs, when you don't get tested. When you see signs of a lot of them, it's because you've gone that long. Like, there are a lot of people who get tested and they tell them they've gone to Rio and they don't feel anything. They, and they're like, what the fuck? You know, they have no idea. You know, uh, and I that's, a, that's another date. assumption people always assume that if you have an STD, you will know when someone has it, and that's not true. It, it's very, very true. It, it, you know, and, and so, so, yes, that is a very positive. But my thing is this, too, is that, you know, and I speak this from all of my friends. You know, I have friends who literally live a very sexually free, sex positive life, which I love. But I, you know, I used to talk about this back in you know New York. My, my, uh, I have a very good friend. He, had got, I swear to God, when I don't know when he did not have gonorrhea. And when I say friend, is we both know the same person. Uh, he's probably listening right now. I love him. He's <laughs> laughing. He, his doctor, literally one time went on vacation and escaped from penicillin. She goes, ah, "Listen, honestly, I'm gonna be away." Let's be real here. I'm just going to write you the prescription to penicillin because your test results are going to come back when I'm gone. And he laughed. The thing is, even though, and she, again, she would talk to him about it and say, this is not healthy. You need to, you still practice some sort of safe sex. But when it comes to the ignorance of so many gay men, like, you know, being here in South Florida, I've talked to a lot of men who, again, slut shame me, shocker. But they slut shame because I do things like I'm going to go to a sex club or I'm going to go to, you know, they're like, ooh, well, everyone there is dirty. And I'm like, well, first off is I don't have anal sex. I'm not really an anal guy unless, like, you know, I'm in love with someone or it's like a personal thing or I'm filming in porn. I know that sounds like an oxymoron, but it, it makes sense to me. And also, I do Hole for sale. Hole for pay. Yes. <laughs> I, I do practice safe sex when I go. This is my thing. I say you got to live. Like, you know what, like, but that's into these men don't realize, like, yeah, just because I go to a sex party, maybe two guys suck me or I suck two guys, something like that. That's why we do get tested still to go see, you know. People don't realize that not everyone has sex at a sex party. Some people are voyeurs. And I don't think people. I jerk off a lot. Hello, I was naked jerking. I don't think people realize how many people, they're not drinkers. They don't, they don't not, they don't go out to dance. They love, they enjoy sex, but at the same time, they're not very sexual, but they enjoy watching it. And guess what? 
you might get a hand job out of them. They might get let you give them a hand job or oral, but that's about it that you're going to get from some men. Not all of them, but a lot of men are not always going to sex party to have sex because guess what? You're not required to have sex at a sex party. <laughs> it's not required. You're not entitled. You're not required. It's not mandatory. I met some men who were very, uh, how do I say this? Opposite. It's not ignorant. Cause they, you have to be open-minded. And also when I say open-minded, you have to be able to listen to the medical field and listen to what they say, but also is living life. And what I mean by that is this. I'm going to always listen to a medical professional first. I'm always going to listen to someone, you know, with their opinion. But some people speak out of their asshole. And what I mean by that is I've had fights with men about prep, for example, who bluntly are telling me that I don't have to worry. I can't remember the fight that we had, but this man, it was so opposite that we ended up like block. I had to block this man and it got bad. We were supposed to actually film something together. He was bluntly telling me something about that if you're on, if you're, you have HIV, uh, but you no, know, if you're undetectable, there we go, that you basically don't have to worry about prep and don't have to worry about having sex with a condom anymore. And I was like, I understand what undetectable stands for, which means that basically, like, you know, it's it's almost like it's a... Uh, well, he, you know, when they say undetectable, they're taking medication to keep their their um, viral loads down. So yes. their viral load, so the medication that they're on is making them undetectable because their viral load is so small and... I don't want to say minuscule, but like just small, that them passing that on to someone is very less likely because their viral load is so low that it won't be, it's, it's not, and that's, it, it's kind of like their version of prep in essence, because they're not, they're not, expo- they can't expose anyone. I, I, I actually, there's a great porn company I'm about to film with. Uh, I fuck, I have to look, I'm going to say it wrong. Fuck, Raw, isn't that, it's a Raw Fuck Club. Anyway, the man who runs it is so amazing. He's a big deal. He messaged me. RFC. Uh, Raw Fuck Club. RFC. Owen Hawk. I, I have to look again and see which one is exactly that messaged me. Because I, I know, there's so many porn companies here in Fort Lauderdale, and they all have the name Raw, and it's, so I don't know which one it is. I forgot. <laughs> and that's, that's <laughs> I, I literally... Yeah, people don't realize Florida is a huge porn capital, a gay porn capital. Well, it might not be the main raw one because I'm not sure which one it is, but it's one. It's it's a it's a pretty good sized company. But the point is, as much as I do not like filming porn, I'd rather just do my own thing on OnlyFans, just fans with other creators. I cannot bind any other creators who want to film with me, uh, regardless what it is. So I'm. Like basically, like you know, sending my stuff out. The man said something very, very good to me about prep. This is what I love. I was explaining to him, like I explained to so many people, like Hunter Scott uh, XXX from uh, Monster Cup. I constantly am always asking for. It's not only about prep and anal. I enjoy, like we were talking before, jerk off scenes. Like I enjoy safe sex, which is why my doctor always says to me, "36 years old, about to be 37. I have not had one STD, ladies and gentlemen. Excuse me, ladies and pigs." I have not had one. And my doctor says, as much as I live a very, very colorful sex life, my colorful sex life is a lot of being an exhibitionist, being a voyeur, jerking, oral play. And clearly I do it very well, but I enjoy safe sexual encounters. So the point is, this man said to me, don't allow anyone to ever bully you. 
And when I say bully me, in the order of prep, and it's the same as the tale old as time with girls being bullied by their boyfriends to have sex without a condom, and they get pregnant, but again, they never talk about STDs. That's the same thing with us gay men. Yeah, we're not going to get pregnant, but we're going to get HIV. Don't ever let someone bully you or their opinion go in a different direction. What I mean by that is this. Like I said myself, even though I'm going to be on prep, I'm still using condoms because I don't want... Listen, even though I'm being tested every once every month or three months, I don't want to be on penicillin once every three months. And I, and I will say this. No one is trying deliberately to be on penicillin nonstop. It happens. But you know what, like my friend who just had it, it was very funny because he said, like I said, he said very, like he was nice, like, oh, I can't film this week because I actually have like gonorrhea. You know, but the thing was, he's like, you know what, though? I get tested every three months because I'd rather hear I have gonorrhea than I, you know, got HIV or I got, you know, this. But the point is, I'm still going to use condoms. And the thing is, at 36 years old, and I trust me, even though like, it was very nice of the man, Trust, no one's forcing me or bullying me. You know, but there are also times that you have to listen to medical professionals. And what I mean by that is this. It's not about being dangerous, but I'm going to tell you a little story. And this little story, we all have this little story. I actually heard this from a medical professional said off the record. But she said it because I was telling her I was going to film with for a porn with a very good friend, actually. And I was telling her the story. You know, I, I really don't do anal prep this, that, that, that. And she's like, okay, off the record, realistically, everyone's on prep. And your friend who's on prep, she's like, the thing is, if you're only having anal sex for filming something, realistically, the chances are, since he's on... The thing is, even it's always best that both of you are on prep. But the point is, one of you are, and that's the same thing with sex parties, sex clubs, and all these you know, stories, all these men think about dirty men. This is where our world has changed, World AIDS Day, thank you so much. We can go to a sex party, even if you're someone who's not on prep, the majority of the night, no matter who you fuck, those men have peace of mind knowing, all right, so 85% of the party are on prep. So if God forbid there was someone here not on prep who had HIV or on prep who has HIV, between the prep flowing through my blood and the prep flowing through their blood, what are the chances of that? And I had a friend who works in the medical field who said, I had, I had a night that... I slipped into someone's booty hole on accident. I say accident because it was just, it was, it was happening. It was so close, and the man was right next to me. My friend was a medical professional, and he says, "Stop being a bitch." God, he, he literally looks at the bottom. He goes, "Are you on prep on?" And he goes, "Of course." <laughs> Brian, put your dick in. I, I wish I could make that story up. My friend, "Are you on prep, hun?" And the man goes, "Of course." Brian, put your dick in his hole. And I did, plentifully, <laughs> but only for a few minutes. But the point is, am I saying that is safe and correct? Absolutely not. I should be on prep as well. But, again, when you look at the science, that man was on prep, who I was topping. So the thing is, there are things like that, but when these men, when the men come out saying, like, like, basically that man I'm talking about, who I blocked, he was, like, almost bullying me to have sex with him, even though he's HIV undetectable. And, I, I, again, I don't know the science of like you were teaching me and he was trying to you know down talk me about how you know the medication that he's on makes is like a prep but still i'm like i am not on prep and i'm definitely not gonna have sex without a condom with you when i know that you're even though you're on whatever again i don't i do not know legally what that is not legally uh, technically when you have hiv but you're undetectable i don't know what pill it, it, that's what the u equals you mean undetectable means un equals untransmittable so if you ever see the u equals you that's what they're referring to 
So yes, but even though he's untransmittable, as someone who's not on prep, I'm not having sex without a condom. And also, is I'm going to say this as well, even if I was on prep, I'm still not having sex, wanting to have sex with you without a condom. Now, my thing is, this is my choice, my, my body, my choice. But also, when it comes to uh, getting it, and this is where I think this is something important we should talk about, because a lot of men, I feel like, are still in stone ages with not realizing, I'm not saying that I'm, you know, going out there uh, trying to, but HIV, you shouldn't be trying to get HIV, because, you know, we, have, we talked about this before. That's there a... Was a that we have, we, have, we have to talk about that in another subject because that is uh, it's a bit well, well just that, slightly. There's a big fad. I'm not sure, it has, I haven't really heard about it as much. The HIV chase, there's a name for them, not HIV chase. Is it HIV chasers? It's, uh, it's no, it's um, um, bug chasers. Yes, there are men out there purposefully trying to infect themselves with HIV for reasons of health insurance and. Uh, well, it's, it's a true. fetish for it's, some of them. Is for, it's a fetish, but um, some of them is a fetish. But the reason why is, which I think it's horrible that that's a fetish, is that HIV is not a death sentence. In that, you know, and I'm gonna say, as we're being older gay men now, and I'm saying that with pride, I remember when my friend got HIV when I was 18 years old, and this is when the movies were still bright. Like, oh my god, I, oh god, I remember growing up, HIV was this. Oh my, like, again, when I say me growing up. I'm I'm 36 now, so when I was 18, that was like two early 2000s. I so I this is after it was like I can imagine like all the documentaries we watched the 80s and yeah like uh, Angels in America. The... Yeah, but the thing is, even then in in, in 2000, there were people who were living full lives with HIV and completely not there. But now HIV is not a death sentence. That there are so many people who have HIV who have. Not only full lives, but the medication out there really does make you able to live a full life. I mean, don't get me wrong, you still, you're constantly getting tested. You're constantly going to the doctor. You do have constant extra, you know, this is what I'm trying to say. It's not a, I don't know how to say this if I'm saying it correctly. I'm really talking, I'm trying to say this about the, how far we've come and the pride for world age, like the gay community. The thing is, now having HIV, it's not that it should ever not be scary. Like, you, you should take everything serious. Like, if I get gonorrhea, even though, yeah, penicillin clear up. You should take it seriously. It should be a life. I, I really mean this. If tomorrow a doctor said, like, Brian, you have gonorrhea, even though, yes, it'll be gone in seven days, I take it serious. I want to sit there and be like, all right, I got a sexually transmitted disease, so what did I do in the last month that was, you know, maybe reckless? Same thing with HIV. Here's, here's, saying... here's the thing with that. I see what you're saying, but at the same time, all it takes is one person. So, and that, that's what I'm trying to say so, about so it's like I, I see the like being more cautious and what have you, but at the same time, you can go to sex part and not get anything, and then or you can have a hookup with somebody you think is the love of your life and get an STD. So because it's like oh I've got to tell you I I did this I did that and like I said unless you have somebody's chart and testing match up and you guys get tested at the same time together and then you father father has sex you know. Without a condom, well, that's, that's the only like surefire way. We don't talk about you know, like it, it's like it's like you know. Uh, you before know, you before you get started, I I, I don't want to forget this thought. Um, sexual practices, like as far as like proper lube, proper lubrication, easy, you know, I feel like people forget about those things because 
that that deep hard penetration of just spitting can yes. cause you to have a uh, anal tear, which can lead to getting infected. And I feel like That's people really don't talk point, about Rick. the proper it, uses. That's very true. I, I feel like people don't forget that the details of it. Because it's true when you when you're having you know raw. Uh, rough sex, like I can't. I just, it's so funny you just said. I just saw something about that where they were saying how sensitive the the anus is. That literally, you bleed so easily from and just people, like, like and shit, people just you know, shove it in. Remember we talked about dick jammers and figure uh, figure beggars. Like remember we talked about how the our pet peeves. And but people don't realize that you bleed. There's times that you're you bleed that no blood comes out, so you wouldn't know you're bleeding. It's, it's, it's not like a micro, thing, but like it's micro tears. Yes, this is just the anus. So the thing is, what Rick was saying about the, the proper lube, that is actually something very important that people don't realize. It's not just about sex. Like, no, there's a reason why you need to have so much lube because the more lube you have, the actually it's true. That's the safer sex you're having because now you're not gonna necessarily have that tear. And that ripping of, you know, and that, that thing too is like, you know, again, just like everything and else. And being easy you know, and penetration, like how you penetrate someone matters. And I don't think people take that in consideration when they're just slipping it and trying to get in this fantasy of being rough and like pounding it and fisting it and all this stuff. You have to be mindful that that's why a lot of guys who are really into fisting, make sure they have the proper gloves, make sure they have the right fisting lube because it's a lot different than the lube you use to have, you know, to have anal, just plain anal well, sex. Well, I mean, this seems safe, girl. You can't give, I mean, but, but. But even <laughs> but still, but if you're fisting woman and getting fucked the next, how safe is that if you're not putting the right, right oh, lube? Oh, yes, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I, 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 yes, I see what you're saying. But it, it all, but all the things, that, the biggest thing point, there's something that people don't talk about. And when I say talk about, it's like, like again, I'm going to bring it to heterosexual people with pregnancy. It's always like, don't have sex, don't have sex. Where, you know, our world changed when, when you know, people started talking to young girls and young boys about why you wear condoms and what condoms does. And there's more than just pregnancy. And, you know, but the actual details of it, same thing with, with PrEP. I feel that we're starting, our community starting to get away from these things because all we talk about is, oh, just take PrEP, like, you know, young girls. Just wear a condom or just take the pill. Yes, but what about the other things about PrEP? No one's actually talking about the situations like we were talking about before about, you know, what HIV is. And also is the point of, like you were saying, too, people don't realize the common denomination of the slut shaming of people assuming that you're only going to get that if you go to a sex party. Because I will say that living down south, a lot of men slut shame worse. It's not even slut shaming because it's basically I'm done with them. There are a lot of men who really like, ooh. Anyone who goes three, two, one, I want nothing to do with, or anyone who goes to Club Fort Lauderdale, any sex party, I want nothing to do with. And my thing is, and this is what I mean by this, what you just said about the only takes one person. It's almost like even our gay community, we're, we're worse than even like you know the straight, the straight community not realizing, baby, the man you meet on Scruff tonight who comes over to fuck you, what if he has HIV and he has no idea because he doesn't go to sex parties and you don't go to sex parties and, and you're not gonna get prep. tested and, and neither one of you on prep. And neither exactly. one of but that's what I'm trying to say is that people forget this. You're always going to slut shame and judge the people who go to these parties and do these things. But those are the people, like actually it's so funny, my doctor said, are the people that are the safer ones. Because realistically, when you go to these parties, every single person there is on prep. When I go to the woods or cruising spots, everything we talk about on our podcast, all those people for the most part are practicing a safe sex in a way or on prep. It's the men who are not on prep, the men who are not in the 
quote-unquote gay scene, the men who are meeting up with someone from Scruff and haven't been tested in six months to a year, who are fucking you without a condom, those are the men getting HIV, and then they're not finding out they have HIV for another six or months. Or getting STDs because guess what? They haven't been tested in like six months to a year, if not longer. Simply exactly. because they don't show any symptoms. So th- th- that's the thing, too, that we have to... I, I feel that our culture needs to re-waken themselves up with is that, you know, it's like I, they always say, like, again, I'm, I'm really comparing it a lot to all these teen girl stores getting pregnant, but they always show, like, you know, all those after school and all those, it, it's always that girl who had sex one time and gets pregnant. It's always, well, it, say, remember, remember, um, remember, um, it's a sin. Oh, oh. <laughs> ah! Ah! Yes. Because okay, ah! for those who don't who haven't watched our old podcast where we reviewed it, it's a sense about I think four four uh four Londoners back in the eighties who um go through the trial of learning about HIV from America and how it changed their culture within London. And London is the like the largest city, the largest pop, dense populated city in the United Kingdom, which is consists of North Ireland, Wales, and England. I, I think I might be missing one, I, but anyway, the culture of it was that um, part of it was that we. Um, I want to get to it first. Outside of London, judged Londoners as the ones who were infected. So if you were living in London and you 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 were gay you were considered like the plague like oh i can't have sex with you because you're from london and because he like what some of them went back home to their to their uh, hometown and one in particular that we were we that why brian went crazy was that one of the guys was very very introverted shy reserved and he had a crush on one of them but never pursued it wasn't a party goer just you know just very into just stay by himself and he ended up getting hiv because he hooked up with someone that wasn't into the gay scene and who wasn't tested a straight guy and so his death was like the most significant and please if you do not this is spoiler alert spoiler (laughs) it's too late but i kind of spoiled the plot his death signified such a huge impact because Based on everybody else's sexual behavior and habits, he was the one who shouldn't have had HIV and gotten sick and died because he quote unquote because he quote unquote wasn't promiscuous. However, he had the worst death because and the thing is, listen. First of all, I cry whenever I watch any of these. You know, my one of my 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 flaming homosexual uncle I loved. He died of AIDS. I remember I was a very young. He died. My uncle died during the AIDS uh, AIDS pandemic. He was very, very... Uh, Epi- yeah, well, you know, but I remember I was a little boy watching him. I remember my mother and my, my aunt being, you know, like good, good sisters slash fag hags. They were literally in the AIDS hospital. Cause this was in, like, this was in, like, 1989, 1990. I, I was, like, five. So I was very young because I'm 36 now. And I'm trying to think because I'm about math. And I remember driving there, and my the hospital wouldn't allow me to go in. It was only only like my mother and my aunt were allowed to go in. Now, did they, they have to us... wear certain gowns or anything when they went in? Well, 
there was like certain age limits and it was like it was very they were very blunt like going at your own risk like you know, it, it was you know it, it, everything you see in movies like in pose everything in pose it's 100 percent correct like the only people who were in there were like very very close uh family members that weren't homophobic or weren't ignorant and you know uh but i remember my my father just driving us around like we do fun things in the city you know because he was like all right well uh they're gonna you know because as an adult i know they were basically because the nurses wouldn't do like they were icing my uncle down his body because his body the fever was so bad like they were like icing his testicles down there's always my mother's joke because my sisters and me fight and she goes you know and this again this when we were younger because this one like you know you know again when it, it, it was a very slow when hiv you know medication started coming out but and even though she wasn't she would say to me listen the more sexual you're going to be when you're a homosexual your sister might be icing down your testicles one day and <laughs> it was a joke because she lived through it with her own brother you know but the point is is that there are so many gay and when i speak about this really my brother my uncle had a husband my uncle wasn't a man who, you know, you know he had a very colorful life. Trust me, I know the stories. Just like, just like uh, nephew, cousin Brian. <laughs> but he wasn't that man necessarily like in It's a Sin, you know, that you would think is supposed to get it, you know. And, and that's, that's the thing. All these stories, this is also a thing about why I feel like our community, and I, I, I get so mad at my own community. I feel that we don't respect the month of December <clears throat> and World AIDS Day prep as we should. Because the thing is this, we don't all, and I forget, this, like we always talk about common sense. You know, me and Rick talk about glory holes like it's a Tuesday, and we forget, like, oh, fuck, Rick, say that again. Our people listen to our podcast don't know. I have watched It's a Sin and all these other documentaries, and I watch them again, and I cry, but I forget how many gay men don't watch what I watch and what you watch. And I forget how many gay men are not our age who don't watch what I watch and don't know the things that we're talking about. So the thing is, when you take that prep pill, be thankful, be grateful for what you have. But also, this, this is what I meant before when I was saying about how HIV is not a death sentence. You know what? Don't be out there trying to get it. Don't be willy-nilly like, oh, I take preps, I can fuck the whole club. But you know what? If something, God forbid, happened that you taking prep or, you know, you find out you have HIV, it's not a death sentence anymore. Because I remember this because like, when I found out a friend had HIV and was crying to me, I, and I remember because my other friends with HIV were saying to him, like, you know what? We're not saying that to tone it down or knock it down or, you know, downplay it. But, you know, my friends lived full. I, I still have friends. I have friends. I have friends who are older than me who have had HIV for over 30 years, you know. But also with HIV, I just want to say this one last statement. What I mean about why, you know, you need to take it seriously. You know, not for anything, but there are many people, for example, who, uh, you know, pass away from little minuscule things from having HIV because your immune system is down. Even with the medications, what they are, you know, they were saying that a lot about COVID. compromise. That's what they, I, that's what's considered. I, I remember a lot of my friends who have HIV were very, very worried about uh, when COVID came out, if they had HIV because they had a weaker immune system and there's no medications for it. And a lot of people, there was a very close friend of mine who passed away who people were saying that, and it made me very upset when they said that. I mean, it's... It, I don't want to even say it, but it made me very upset because a lot of people were like, yeah, but didn't he have HIV? I didn't really like that because the thing was, I was like, you know what, though? So it was like a justification, HIV, like, oh, because, of, because of that, oh, that's why he died. And I, it, but, but I hate how it was downplayed, like, almost like, like he deserved it. And I know it's a little bit off topic, but the point is that that person I'm talking about was very, 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 very careful about saying that when he found out that COVID was coming, and like all of my friends with HIV, they were like, 
even though we're on medication, we've been living full lives for many years, this is a new strand, we do have a weaker immune system. And a lot of people who, again, this is what I'm trying to say about how our community doesn't take it seriously. I feel like these younger men, because I see them, I see men who are like in their young 20s who have HIV. You still have to realize that you still have to be careful if you get the common cold. Even though your medication's so good, you still have to be careful. I remember Project Runway, my last thing about this. Project Runway, yes, I'm a big homosexual. This was in one of the first seasons. One of the men, even though medication was fine, he was one of those men who had HIV and was out with it. He was getting horrible, he got sick during the show from stress. And even though he was on HIV and all the medications, his lips swelled. I can't remember the whole story from the episode, but the point was, because he was on HIV and had a weaker immune system, he got like 10 times more sick than maybe someone else on the show. So the thing is, even though, yes, God bless that we have medications out there that let you live a full life and let you be protected, still, look at where we came from. And even with these medications being so what they are, we don't know where the world is. We just got over, well, not got over, we're still working through COVID. But the thing is, you know, we don't know what else is coming, so still, still take it seriously. It's about respect. That's what I mean by saying it. And that's why I think I loved it that we decided to talk about not only World AIDS Day and PrEP, but also our community, how it's changed with, like we were talking about before. Well, I'm, not, wanna, I'm not trying I, to make light of this. I but, feel like we go in stages, and I talk about this, just, it just, it's, you can apply this logic to a lot of things that's happening in the world, not just about sex, but I feel like we do the resistance to something new, then we, um, then we accept it, then we feel entitled to it, and then we're ignorant to it. So I feel like we were, a lot of people were resistant to prep, and I feel like people don't talk about how people were like demonizing you, like, don't go on prep. Use the condom. Like, that was the slogan. Do you remember that? Like, that, yes. was, that was a big deal. And I don't think people talk about that. It's much quieter now. But it was a big resistance against PrEP. PrEP was the devil. And anybody who goes on it is going to hell. It's going to get AIDS and die. It's not, it's not proof. We still got that 1%. And I'm gonna say start, though, it, 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 listen, I'm going to say, it, I, and I, this is who I am. Condoms should still be used. I'm going to say this too, though. Like, as much well, like, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying, like, what I'm trying to say is that safe sex is safe sex. And even if you're on prep and you're doing, uh, you know, it's just like the pill. Yes, you're on the pill, but still take a condom. Because you know what? Forget about pregnancy and the, you know, the rates. You don't want STDs. But the thing is, and but I'm agreeing with this one thing, is that they still do say, like, you know, yes, PrEP is wonderful. PrEP is protecting and safety. It's peace of mind. But, yes, in the real world, you should still use condoms and, you know, walk into some kind of safe sex. But what I meant by is how sex has changed. And I've talked about this before because it's affected me. As a big, big uh, voyeur, exhibitionist, dick sucker, dick sucky, <laughs> Um, I no, get out of here. You know, get out of here. I'm also, you know, I'm a big germaphobe, like many gay men. And this is one thing that I don't like about prep in a uh, very, uh, how do I say this? What I miss, and we've talked about this before, when I used to go to sex parties when I was younger, every man clearly was having sex with condoms. So everyone was able to fuck, get fucked, suck, and suck dick because a man would come over to you with his rip-roaring, roaring, raging, blazing boner and just rip the condom off and you start sucking his dick. Who cares the taste of a little bit of lube? Now, I don't want to suck on a dick that smells like 10 different assholes. Which made me, like my doctor laughs at, 
boy say? Because you know, like we've talked about this before. There's so many times I can't suck dick because I'm like, oh my god. Like, the, I, listen, I have a very sensitive nose, even though I'm a heavy smoker. I could smell a shitty dick <laughs> as it's close, coming close to my mouth. Like, you um, know. Um, you threw me off topic, but I, I was saying, okay, so when we first happened, it was resistance. Then there was accepted because people started getting able to get on it. Because for a while, you had to have insurance. It was expensive. It was like $1,000. And I want the reason why I say this is because I want people to understand the history of PrEP and not just think that PrEP's been around and it was no big deal. It was oh, a big yeah. deal. It was a big cultural shift. And a lot of people too. who it, it, now on PrEP were very against it. For all, for all these various reasons. So there then it was resistant. I'm interrupt like I always do. There were doctors, and when I say doctors, recently, even now, there are doctors out there who refuse to give patients prep. And people, there's many stories, and it still happens. There are many gay men who have to go out there. When I say gay men, for the most part, you know, gay men in big cities would go to gay doctors. But there are many stories constantly of men who have to, and they do the lawsuits because their doctor refuses to give them PrEP saying, I don't believe There's doctors prep. who don't even know what PrEP is. That's I still right went there. to a, a doctor here in New York City who did not know PrEP. And I'm like, how do I educate you on PrEP and you're a doctor? Like, how do you not know this? Like, you live in New York. I, I did, it blew my well, mind. You know what, and the thing is, that, that's the thing we realized too is that people, People don't realize this, and I constantly say this. You know, all of this that we're talking about, this podcast today, people forget the ignorance of this is not 75 years ago we're talking about. This is just, like, again, this was, I, I'm not trying to call myself old, but that, it was, that was just 10, 15, what, you know, when, when I was it's eight. It's been 10 years ago. Yeah, Prep came out, like, in 2012. Say. It's only eight years old. You know, like even like and that's actually when it initially came out. It wasn't available to most people till like 2015. So that's the thing too. Like people don't realize. I always hate this. Like it's like I've always said about again. I, you know how you know. Oh, everyone loves gay men, honey. There was just a gay bashing the other week in the news. Like you know what? What are you talking? Like you know people forget that that even like the, the it's a sin. It's a sin was only in the 90s and the 80s. Like, this is only like, you know, like, this is like literally people beating the shit out of gay men, calling them fucking like, you know, killers because they have, they're spreading the disease. Even now, like, like all these stories, like, this is just like in the last 10 years, doctors saying, I don't believe let's in homosexuals. Not, let's not even, let's not even start about the countries where it's illegal. Because I was watching, we're here on HBO. They actually did an episode in Evansville, Indiana, which I actually passed through. I've been there. It's on the border of Indiana and Kentucky, uh, Kentuckyana, and the guy. One of the one of them was Muslim, from oh god, he was, I forgot what country he was from, but basically he had to get asylum from his parents, from his family, because he was gay, because they were going to yeah. turn him in. So it's people like there's parts like, and countries where it's still illegal. And not just in Africa, not just in Asia, but also in Europe. So it's a lot of places that are still it's illegal to be gay. So let's and there and there's also there are people who still about abstinence, like like that's where I, the whole point. This was about doctors. There are still doctors, and there's nothing illegal about it. There are doctors who are anti-abortion, obviously, but also anti-contraceptive. Like, if you forget about, like, you know, again, I'm not trying to get politics here. I mean, like, everyone knows me and Rick are clearly Democrats. But there are a lot <laughs> of people out there who 
forget that all these things, like, there are people in the courts who think, like, they're acting like a movie you saw in the 1960s saying, well, I don't understand why anyone would have sex before marriage. It is 2021, and there are still people out there in our government who literally don't understand why people have sex before marriage. They fully believe in absence, but they're also against birth control. There's still, there's still health insurances that will not cover women to have the pill. Hello, Hobby Lobby. <laughs> Exactly, and, and also, um, hello, prep, because the things that, if in 2021, or they support insurance. Or they support um, anti-gay um, establishments like Chick-fil-A and donate to them. <laughs> exactly. But the point is that, what I'm trying to say, I'm not trying to undermine this, but if in 2021 there are still places that are not believing that women have the right to contraceptives and uh, the pill and things like that, then, of course... There are companies who don't believe that gay men should be given contraceptives, which in a way, when I say contraceptives, prep, you know, things of that nature. So that's where it's like we have to really, I, I get mad because what we're talking about is World AIDS Day. I don't think World AIDS Day is appreciated enough by the younger generations and the generations who weren't affected by it. I'm going to say, like, you know, everyone's older, like, you know, like, like the, the men who lived those days, they will always appreciate World AIDS Day because they will always remember going to like i love pose like i, well, I was to washington the, the washington the washington dc for the quilt i remember i remember the quilt i'll never forget the quilt and how like it it, it wasn't as impactful as the matthew shepherd there's a lot of people who don't a lot of gays who don't know who matthew shepherd is and for me that's a, a significant part of gay culture that doesn't get talked about as like, much as i say jokingly when i say my things about that i really do mean it Whenever someone tells me I meet a gay man who doesn't know who Matthew Shepard is, as much as I make my joke, don't speak to me ever again until you've watched it. And people, ha, I'm like, but my face doesn't change. I'm like, I'm really actually not being funny. I'm being funny about that I'm never going to speak to again. But what I mean by that is, how dare you not know that as gay men to appreciate the life that we have, that we walk and we live. And when I say gay men... I mean, people too, because like we talk. I think it was uh, was it Diary of an Angry Black Woman? She, her husband, who was a straight man, secretly had HIV because he was secretly having sex. The thing is, this HIV did not just affect the homosexual uh, community only; it affected everyone in the world. But the thing is, yes, and also when I say, you know, there's always the, the conspiracies that the government purposely, which I kind of believe in, put HIV out. Because the thing is, it's not just the gay community, but it was a sexually transmitted disease. So the way that people say it was conspiracy theory said that those people were happy about straight people got like, well, that means that you're a dirty, disgusting whore. You're not, you're sleeping not with your marriage. Because it's true. Anyone who had, again, that cliche, man, wife, married to each other, sex before marriage, no sex before marriage, clearly they're not going to get HIV because the two of them sleep just with each other. So what they were saying was that the conspiracy that anyone who's straight who got it well, clearly you're a dirty whore because you're having sex with many partners. You're cheating on someone. But they don't realize how they brought that home to their wife, things like that. And we people don't, don't know there's like, people who are born with it. There's people who got it through sharing needles. We, oh, my God. People, the hospitals. People you know, did. The, the nurse. People, you know the famous nurse story? I, I, I'm pretty sure this is a lot. Oh, like the Ryan, was it Ryan White? I, I know they did. I know they did a thing about it for great. Ryan, I, Ryan I White was, because I, I remember Ryan White was from Indiana. I'm not there's sure a, what part, and he, he had a blood transfusion, and I think it wasn't properly, the way it was handled, he got mm -hmm. HIV, but he got demonized, even though he was like this young kid, 
He was very well, it was young. The nurse, there, there, there was many nurses, but uh, there are many nurses and doctors like they do. It, it's a thing. She got stuck with a needle on accident, something like that. I remember it was a famous story. She got HIV just from the needle, but also is um, there's also uh, the, the that's the whole reason why my, my, my cousin actually, it's so funny enough, and I know I spoke with this before, he still doesn't understand it. See, I, I, know, I, I guess you and I are jaded because you know, we talk about these things, we see these things, but to this day, you cannot give blood if you are a gay man to this day. Yeah. Right now, and my cousin, even I love him. It, even when they said they had a crisis and they were shortage on blood. That's right. They were not accepting it. And people, they were not accepting it. And people don't. Blood. But if you not, if it doesn't affect you, a lot of people are ignorant to that. And that's a, that's why because I wanted I want to bring back the whole dormant. prep. The whole prep stage was the resistance, acceptance, entitlement. So now people feel like, oh, you know, now we're to the point where people want their prep. Like, they don't want no excuses. I want this, sign me up, give to me now. And now, and then, as you can see, part of it is starting to become ignorant that everybody's on prep. Like, why do I have to worry about somebody needs to well, get tested? I don't know, and I, I, I like, when I say I don't know, I always do the disclaimer. I just heard from someone that something's about to change, perhaps. Because someone was telling me when they were telling me about this program for me to get my preps, I need health insurance, actually. And that you get free health insurance as long as you're on prep. It's, it's a gay community. But the thing is, they were saying that this is all going to end because eventually, basically, something was they were saying that eventually this is going to be done and it's not going to be free anymore to get prep. Well, that I think that's a local, I think that's a statewide. Because for us here in New York, prep is cheaper free because of our of a state in New York, um, um, Cuomo. Cuomo created a program that's federally funded, I mean, that's state, that's state funded for anybody who's in New York to be on PrEP for free. And that was the whole point was to eradicate the spread of HIV, get the numbers down, because New York has done such an amazing job again the case, the new infected, newly infected cases down. So that's why that's been, um, that's why it's like here in, the, that here in New York State, that's why it's cheap and free to get a, um, get on prep because it's federal, it's it's through a federal I think a federal program is eventually coming out where it's like it's going to be available to everyone in the. Um, well, I, I was saying that when you were talking about the entitlement because it, it, it's you know and, I, and when I say that I, I mean I feel that way about the world not just the gay community but the world you know we live and I always say I say it every day. We, the entitlement in this world that we live in, and, I, well, okay, I can really speak for America because I live in America, but, you know, it's almost like I think the pandemic didn't teach people about entitlement. Like, people just never think about, you know... Other people or other what people. are being grateful for what they have. Exactly. Grateful for what you have is the main thing because there's so many people at, that, like, you know, that you hear complaining nonstop, like, you know, like, so stupid like just go, going to the store we all have these stories but like when i'm whenever i go somewhere like cvs from my pharmacy like you know like yes i had a moment i flipped out because the woman the girl forgot about me and had me sitting for 45 minutes i'm like hi i just sat 45 minutes you made a mistake someone's gonna help me now <laughs> i'm like you literally because the girl said she's a young girl she's like oh shit i for completely forgot i'm like all right so i sat here for 45 minutes for no reason yes you are gonna help me now but i was very nice about it but the point is there are people the entitlement that i see around me of like the second that one thing goes wrong, the screaming, and the reason why I bring this up is because even something so stupid like that 
we forget about the technology that we live in with the world where that pharmacy is pumping out jesus christ like whenever i go to cbs thousands of different pills and different because the thing is again the entitlement everyone and i I really do i blame this on the gen z's oh god i feel bad for anyone who's a gen z or young (laughs) listener to our podcast it's true my sisters are gen z's and i tell them i hate them every day i'm that old man officially but it's true it's like everyone has something now and everyone has a problem with this now and there's all these different it's like oh it's like adderall clearly me and rick both have it well i adhd i now it's like oh my god like you say I thought about coffee and iced tea at the same time. Here's a prescription Adderall. Okay, I actually need it. <laughs> like, what the, you know, but the thing is, when you go there, you forget about how the world's changed and how quick this pharmacy is giving you this pill. And you see these people screaming about waiting for five minutes, ten minutes. You know, and that's the same thing with what you were saying about prep, and that's why I really stuck in. Everything we've spoken about in the last hour about this. The well, same. hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? It's fucking okay because guess what? You know what? Like, I love it. I love Pose. I love Sin. And I also, I love this. There's so many documentaries that you hear this. There was a time that gay men, their lives were, I'll see you at this one's funeral. Every day. When I say friends, I always live loved. I've always been friends with older gay men. When I hear these stories from them, and they tell me, like, what, can you imagine, like, like, like you, know, you know what, we always, I, I have a, uh, my, five of my best friends are dead. I, you know, I brought this up before, and I always talk about it. The thing is, I feel very entitled. When I say entitled, as much as, yes, it's bad, it's bad, I have older friends who would tell me this in a very nice way. Brian, I, I, I lived through the AIDS, ap- the AIDS pandemic. Uh, do you want to know how many of my best friends are dead? You know what? Shake on it. Let's, you're right. You're right. I, I, they're not saying like to be mean to me. They're like Brian, like I feel bad. Like, you know, putting things, like, per, putting things in perspective. Like, it's I, perspective that even though yes, it's traumatic and sad. Can you imagine living a time that all of your best friends died of AIDS? And that's what they talk. Like even Pose. I love Pose. If you don't watch the show, you should watch it. They always talk about in Pose. That it's funeral. Then what clubs are we going to? Every night's a funeral. Every night is going to see one of your friends. It was almost in a way that they were jaded. And I, I've heard this firsthand from many of my older regulars who I love from my home back in New York City at the cop. They would tell me it came to a point that you were almost jaded when close friends were dying. Because the thing was, it's at the point you were like, you know, after three of your friends die, and like, and when you go to three good friends' funerals in one week, it kind of, it, it jaded it you. It numbed you. It numbed you because then it wasn't like, you know, again, like you, they said, like you had your best friends, but there were times that like, and they, and they would use examples like Brian picture, like they actually, I remember this. He goes, picture three coworkers. You love your coworkers, right? You're friends with them, right? Picture all three of them died in one week. They're not your best, best friends, but they're your buddies, you know, but now that's what I'm trying to say. We're now, you know, it's, it's, it's this perspective of like, wow. And that's why I think the stuff, you know, that's what I'm trying to say is that the entitlement is that we take for granted how, I'm complaining about dirty dicks at sex parties when it's like, you know what? Back in the day that these people seen this now that we're all having sex without condoms on because we're on a pill that magically, you know, prevents us from getting HIV. Like, wow. Wow. You know, and that, that's what always works. Someone has said that once, that, that, you know, our community now for over 10 years is so on prep that technically if they did ever charge... People would find a way to fucking pay for it. And that's where people get scared. It's like, oh, God, 
with the health insurance companies. But I think our world is also very protective of like, no, again, the gluttony of like, you can't do that because, well, I mean, I don't know. They, they've done that for cancer. They, we talked, again, that's where we stop. But there's so many people who talk about the gluttony of like medication that people need to stay alive and how they overcharge. Because they used to with with HIV medication. Oh, they talk about that and it's a sin. How they were charging like thousands of dollars for pills that's the only way for that uh, man to stay alive. And he's like, Are you, you're basically telling me that for me to stay alive, I have to pay these, th- like, well, you know, I don't know. All I know is that I'm very proud that we are in a world that we have a month dedicated to AIDS. I, well, I, I'm proud. Well, just a day. But... No, 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 it's AIDS month. No, the whole month of December is, uh, what is it? I, I, yeah, I, but it, December is, is, uh, December World is AIDS. December 1st is, yeah, December 1st is World AIDS Day. It's World AIDS Day, but the whole month of December is... is AIDS it, Awareness Month? It, 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 yes, it's some of that, but the thing is, the point that we accept it, and when I say accept that we're, you know, trying to appreciate how far we've come and that it is something, but our community, I feel like, you know, I don't know. We just need to appreciate it, but also humble ourselves to learning and researching these these picky books that we talked about, these movies. Because I feel like people forget what happened wasn't that long ago. Um, next on our next one, because you just reminded me, I want to talk about um, COVID and travel. How different it is from different countries. Because I'm hearing stories now through my you know my job. Of people traveling to other countries that don't have the same protocol as we do here in the states, and you know even states have different protocols. But I want to talk about gay travel because you know the holiday, the big holiday travel season is next week, uh, especially in the states, and people are going to be traveling stuff like that. And I feel like they need to know like what to expect when they do travel to other places and stuff. So absolutely, well, definitely, I, I put in the notes and also. You know, not for anything, but it's true about even though we're all vaccinated, maybe you can we're still not get even it. all vaccinated. We're we're still at a high percentage that's still not vaccinated. But COVID, though, you still get it. You get it. Like, listen, like I, you know, we talked about, it. like you know, there's so many people who get COVID, like, oh, I'm vaccinated, it's not bad, but it's like still. But anyway, I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I'm glad that we talked. About it. I hope that all of our listeners, whoever listens, I hope that you go out there, you educate yourself. You know, you really do. Like, you know, these movies, they're tear jerkers, but. The thing is, I'm going to say it, as a gay man, or you know what, I'm not going to shame it, if we have a gay woman or a he, she, they, I know all the different terms, whoever you are, if you're a part of the queer community, you should be watching these movies. You should know these things. You shouldn't, Matthew Shepard, we're not even going to, but you should know who Matthew Shepard is. And why, you know, why, yeah. You know, and that, that's my thing. It's like, you know, I don't know, I just, I'm a very proud gay man with certain culture things, and that, this is one of them. So I'm glad we talked about it, Ricardo. Signing off. Yes. Ricardo, again, everyone go write us comments, write us things that you want us to talk about, things that you want, questions you have for us, latenightcruising.com, and of course on Twitter, Instagram, all of those different places. Facebook. Big Dick Easily, Brian underscore Think Bear, Top Subverse. Check us out, watch us do things, and we will see everyone next week for more gay culture and disgusting. Dirty gay fun. (laughs) Dirty gay fun, of course. How to come in a parking lot and not get arrested. Maybe we'll talk about that. Brian's memoir. We love you. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye bye.